Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name is Tyler. You got Brian here. And I'm Jeff. Uh, I, I can just take it from here. So um, where we, uh, what, I mean, what we're doing, but we talked about this in the last week where uh, we're, we're kind of changing to a different format um, where we're going to be doing seasons. We would pick a theme that we all pick films then that correspond to that theme. We talk about those films. We all rewatch those films, review those films, and then we pick a topic about that film that we use that film as a framework for a greater conversation. Uh, so first, uh, it was my choice. So the, the, the season that we're currently in is time travel. Um, Brian started us off by making us watch, uh, I'll call it an interesting film, um, called Time Bandits. If you didn't listen to it, go, go listen to last week's episode. And uh, this week, I decided to choose a film that I knew both my brothers had enjoyed that I did not. Uh, so I wanted the chance to go back and rewatch it and get on the insight and, and let us all talk about it openly. So I chose the film Looper. And I had us all watch it. And then I'll, I'll announce the topic when we... Uh, get closer to it but let's let's go ahead and just talk about the film looper uh how did you guys feel about rewatching the film have you guys rewatched them how many times have you guys seen this film let's start there i've seen this movie a lot uh jeff told said that it was like my favorite movie or something last week and while i don't i still maintain that that's not the case watching it again i was like i really do like this movie though like i do think it's really good <laughs> um so I don't even know how many times, probably like somewhere between five and 10 times, probably. Like I used to just like chuck it on in the background when I was doing stuff. Um, and that's actually how I watched it this time because I know it well enough that I don't actually need to like watch like watch it beat for beat. I threw it on while I was at work uh, for those listeners who <laughs> work with me. Do not report that to my boss, but yeah. Um, yeah, Brian, how many times have you seen this? Uh, three or four. It, honestly, it's been so long that I was kind of appreciative that we were watching it because uh, it is a good film. So you know, I and Anna had never seen it, so we enjoyed it. Good. So yeah, I, uh, how many times have you seen this movie that you do not like? This is the second time I watched it the first time and walked away with kind of a bad taste in my mouth. I was like, nah, I didn't get the hype. I don't know if I saw it after you guys and you guys told me how great it was, and then I watched it expecting something. But what I saw. Um, I left with a lot of questions and not a lot of answers and, uh, that doesn't always leave the best impression for me. So, um, I wanted to rewatch it so that we had a, a medium to talk about it. Cause I, I want to know more about why you guys like it. So let's get into, I mean, spoiler review, this, this film's like over 10 years old at this point. So, um, if you haven't seen it, it's available on Hulu. So go ahead and pause it and watch it now. Um, and, and then you can follow along with the conversation. So spoiler review. Wait, can I quickly ask, Jeff, did you, you even watching it this time, you still don't like it? We'll get into it. I, I, I guess I'll start with the spoiler review. I enjoy the film. It is cinematically pleasing. There is some visuals in this film that are just absolutely aesthetically gorgeous. Um, there's like a, a tone or a feeling, a way that they shot some of the sequences that feel different than like common Hollywood like a lot of the gunfighting it just sounds and feels a little bit different maybe a little bit more real um, which is strange it's kind of got this weird tone of like you know futuristic tech I mean even though the base content of the film takes place in like 20 years in the future 
So that's fun. But at the same time, uh, they have like old style guns and stuff, like actual bullets and stuff. And I don't know, it's 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 strange that they limit themselves to um, ballistic weaponry when they could, you know, have flying motorcycles at the same time. So strange clash between like old stuff and new stuff. They definitely accelerated the 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 wage gap. And I didn't. I guess when I watched the film the first time, I didn't even pay attention to all the poverty that was going on. Um, I don't remember any of that. I was like, wow, I, don't, I just don't remember any of these visuals. And to be fair, it kind of felt like a weird tone shift because it's very prevalent in the first half of the film and then you never see it again for the second half of the film. It's like, oh yeah, there's poor people everywhere. By the way, there's poor people everywhere. Oh yeah, again, there's poor people everywhere. And then you just go to some farm and you never see that shit ever again. And I was like, that was a weird thing that you guys reinforced very strongly in the first half of this film and then never touched on again. Um I feel like you're catching on to something that was more of just like a set design to kind of explain like how far the world has slipped into chaos, right? As like a plot point. I don't think that they were like hitting heavily on it for like any particular reasoning other than like everybody's struggling and that's why there's so many people resorting to organized crime, right? I think that that's, that's the reason that they're showing that. And then once you get that and they relocate the rest of the show to the, the movie to the farm... Like, you don't really need to keep talking about it except to know that Emily Blunt has killed multiple vagrants, as she says, once he gets to the farm, right? Sure. I mean, there's the whole um, entire concept of the vagrants is, is kind of a plot point to this film. But there's also just like the random impoverished people like the child that he almost runs over when he falls asleep at the wheel. It's just strange. And it is definitely not something that's just like five second settings. Like they spend minutes of this film reinforcing this concept but it doesn't have any greater impact in the overall story. So I, I felt it was like a strange tonal shift to have it in the beginning so strongly reinforced, but not bring it up. But <clears throat> I don't know. I To get to my review of the film, just kind of in general, I'll go first. Happy to. Um, I, I feel like this movie really unapolog- unapologetically refuses to address any of the problems that are really apparent within the plot. It basically says, we're not going to bother explaining anything to you but this is just what happens, right? They they clearly don't want to touch into the consequences of time travel, and yet the consequences of time travel is the central plot point to the film. And I, I find that kind of egregious to be like, yeah, all of our writing is going to gonna rely on this really complicated concept that we're not even going to try and explain. It just happens the way that we need it to happen, and no other greater consequences are going to come of it. And um, I don't know. I, I, I understand that as a point that you dislike but to the point of this or like to the topic that we're going to talk about later quick spoiler on that but like can you think of a movie that has successfully explained it without having paradoxes involved in it like i can't think of a single movie that explains time travel in any accurate way or like Something like Terminator, where they just show up. They don't explain how they develop the mechanism. They just say, we developed the mechanism. It's exactly the same thing they do in this movie, except for Joseph Gordon-Levitt says, explain this to me. And he says, we're not going to do that. That's yeah. it. But like, it's not like Terminator, which is a movie that can directly hinges on a time travel mechanic, sits there and explains that time travel mechanic to sure, you. Sure, but the solution, anything, so. the solution to dealing with the antagonist in this film is to cause a time travel paradox that was so is terminator (laughs) 
<laughs> Do you have a problem with Terminator? She kills the robot. Well, I don't understand how that creates a the, paradox. The whole point of that is that he's trying to kill John Connor to stop the future, which is exactly what Bruce Willis is doing in this movie. Sure, but... Bruce but Willis is the just, Terminator in this movie. But and they just jo- killed... Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Kyle Reese. But they just kill the robot. They don't kill the person who invented the robot and the robot disappears. A but robot comes back from the future. Plot, it's the same plot line. Right. If you boil down its plot mechanics, it's I agree. the same exact plot line, except for the the crux of the finale isn't killing the robot in a smelting factory. It's Kyle Reese killing himself because he finds out that he's the Terminator or whatever, right? Right, That's exactly. That's exactly the problem, but... right? If he had just killed Bruce Willis, I wouldn't have a problem with this film. But the way that, that Bruce Willis is dealt with is that the protagonist kills himself. Bruce Willis disappears. And yet all of the things that Bruce Willis is responsible for di- for, for directly influencing doesn't. So we know that there is a consequence to killing yourself. Your future self disappears. But all of the things that it, your future self has already done doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. Your future self never would have been able to come back here and do any of those things. So that's a massive paradox that the film just says, okay, yeah, that's just how our world works. Oh, by the way, credits. <laughs> um, I mean, I just... So this is the problem with like every time travel story. I read a lot of time travel stories because I just, I like them. I think they're fun, but it's literally like, as soon as you start really thinking about time travel, like none of it, like it, it becomes so clearly impossible, you know, like that just, it just, you can't because exactly what you're saying. Like the fact that Joseph Gordon-Levitt kills himself and that means that Bruce Willis could never have existed. So right. he gets erased, but none of the actions that he caused exist should have been able so like time should have reverted upon itself to the moment where bruce willis came back in time i guess or you know what i mean like it shouldn't if he can't exist in the future then none of the actions that he had on the present right. should have had like existed. to relate this to a different film let's let's look at a movie that that brian and i both really like star trek the 2009 film um that involves time travel as a primary point of view. So there's a ship, right? The Kelvin, the beginning of the Kelvin timeline, right? So, so JJ Abrams, you've get old Spock, a hundred something years in the future from the, the original show ending, uh, basically gets sucked into a black hole and gets teleported out back when, uh, Kirk's father is giving birth to him. Uh, and, um, if young Spock had died in that film, spoiler. Kirk's uh, father is giving birth to Kirk. Not, uh, not the mom. The, the mom, mom was whatever. When, when young, when young Captain Kirk is being born, is that better? Uh, I, I make that mistake all the time. I'm at the office to be like, yeah, my brother's having a kid. Uh, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, both my brothers have a kid. <laughs> uh, I keep saying, uh, yeah, back when we were pregnant, and then people are like, they're like, yeah, I know. My wife was the one that was pregnant, but I had to deal with it too, guys. I know it was different in a very different way, but I was a part of it, okay? Yeah. Um, so if in that in the way that that Star Trek film works, if young Spock had died, it wouldn't erase old Spock because he had already lived his life. He is now existing in this time frame. Nothing that young Spock is doing is directly leading to old Spock having existed. He would still continue to exist. That makes sense. He has jumped into a now created a parallel time stream in a multiverse that he is going to continue to exist in and, and his past will never have come to pass in that current time frame. Makes perfect sense okay. to me. So we, we're getting into the main topic and I still want to talk about the movie Looper though. Okay, you're right. <laughs> I don't I, want to only talk about this paradox shit. Sure. I do want to talk about it and we can come back to this. So Sorry, I'll, finish, but... I'll finish my review. Um, Go ahead. 
I, I don't like the paradox. I think it's dumb and I think it's bad writing. I'll leave it there. Um, I, I think that there are moments for really beautiful CGI. Like I was really taken aback. There's a moment where Sid, the young rainmaker, uh, is in a moment of tension and there's a gunman in his house that's here to threaten his mom and take away his new friend. And he panics and has this moment of explosion. It's just blissful silence as you watch this person literally get pulled into the air and very, very slowly, shot for shot, get ripped apart. And it's just like blood particles are saturating the air around him for a solid like five seconds. And it's gorgeous. It's gory, but it's just this really, really pretty encapsulated scene. I was like, that's, that's a really amazing CGI. It's a really amazing shot that's happening in this in this moment. I think that Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt did great acting throughout this film. I love Jeff Daniels and probably I'd watch the film just for him. Um, I, I really enjoyed his performance. I enjoyed some of the character moments in this. Watching this, you know, uh, Emily Blunt deliver random character backstories with such emotional tension after she makes an emotional connection with the protagonist is amazing, right? It's not a lot of depth that you get from other action films of this kind. So I think that there is some solid work here. I think that this film deserved a better ending and a better overall storytelling device. That's that's kind of my conclusion. So why don't you guys go next? Brian, you jump in before I tear this man apart. Uh, sure, yeah. So... Um... Since we started recording five minutes ago, I've completely shifted my stance. And that's why I've been a little bit quiet because honestly, something Jeff just said just kind of made me realize the director didn't quite have a plan. And I think he was just willing to ignore shit and then go, you're going to have to just accept it. And and it's not sitting well with me suddenly. I, I came in here with the plan to argue that um, there is a a time travel explanation that's provided in the show lost that I think is really good, which is that the universe will course correct itself over time. So major events that are supposed to happen, uh, will find a way to happen. Even if you change the original outcome in the right. past. So, uh, one example I, I spoke to Jeff about off the cuff, uh, yesterday was, let's say I go back in time to, uh, try to stop COVID-19, like the pandemic. And I go back and I stop patient zero from getting sick. Yeah, you slap the bat out of his hand in that weird meat market. I right? stop patient zero from getting sick. Basically, and under, under this theory, all I will have succeeded in doing is stopping the what I know to be the original source of the COVID-19 pandemic. However, the universe will find a way to still have that pandemic spread. Correct. Maybe I become patient zero. Maybe someone else does that I could not have foreseen. But either way that major um, timeline event cannot be prevented. It can just be changed slightly. And the, the show Lost covers that a lot. It's it's like a course correcting theory, I guess it'd be an easy, simple way to put it. Um, but to the point that Jeff just made that kind of has made me suddenly sour a little bit is for like, while I can explain why the Rainmaker uh, in Bruce Willis's original timeline became who he was by some other method. It wasn't Joe killing himself. And that's why old Joe didn't have, you know, all the information about the rainmaker didn't remember anything about the woman, you know, none of that. Like maybe it was something else in his original timeline that created the original rainmaker. And that, you know, the course correcting is suddenly the Joe storyline and in, in, in what we're seeing, I was fine with all that. But the part that is bothering me is, 
um, that old Joe was super destructive through the whole thing. And then he vanishes like he was never there, but all the things that he did still took place. And that's, that's just broken to be completely honest with you. It's a really strong point. I hadn't really considered. Well, and, that's and the it's... time travel paradox, isn't it? That's the whole well, problem. So, so it's so you guys know, yes, but like, yes, but I don't think I can talk about another movie that just completely ignores that problem versus most of them. I think I'd have to think about an example, but most of them would have all that stuff undone and you would like go back to Joe not ever having been there in it. And that's the end of your movie. Instead of just ignoring the fact that that's a huge issue and making us accept that. Well, how could problem. it, how can it do it? Because in our perception of time, it's linear. So if Joe kills him and then old Joe never existed, then none of this time, none of this story could have existed. That's the paradox. Yeah. You'd have to do it a different way. That's, that's why, why paradox, that's the paradox of all of it. So you right. guys understand the concept of like an antimony paradox, right? It's a paradox that like, if you, if you follow the logic, it, it breaks like our understanding of it. Right. Um, so there's like the grandfather paradox, which we talked about, I think during the umbrella Academy, um, which is a very common one to bring up. Like if you go back in time and kill your grandfather, then your your mother or your father could never have existed. So you could never have existed to go back in time and kill him, right? So it doesn't make any sense, which is exactly what we're talking about here. There's also like the shoe strap paradox, which is like um, if you go back in time with a copy of Hamlet and hand it to a young William Shakespeare, and then he copies down Hamlet and it becomes famous and then it goes throughout the years and then to the point that you buy that book again and go back in time and give it well how did it ever exist in the first place for you to have grabbed it if you're the one who creates the genesis of it right which is the same thing that we're talking about right now which is if joe killed himself before old joe existed then how could joe have had any effect on the present that they're going through it's also the same thing that terminator has which is an issue is if John Connor sent back his dad to fuck his mom so that John Connor could be born, how could John Connor have sent Kyle back in the first place? Right? Like John Connor has to be the one to send Kyle Reese back, which leads me to my point is multiverse theory. If John Connor's original dad was a different guy, but he wants Kyle Reese to be his dad, he sends Kyle Reese back and says, you're my dad, but he's not really knowing that he's not sends him back and then Kyle Reese bangs Linda Carter and has a kid and tells her, you know, she names him John. Then it's a different John Car- Connor. He's still trained the way that Linda Carter d- decides to train him to become the badass, right? Uh, sorry, I can't remember that character's name. Sarah Connor? Is that right? Sarah. Um, anyway, Sarah Connor trains him. So the shoe strap theory basically, or multiverse theory basically points out that as the timeline changes, a new universe is created, right? Just like the, the branching timelines mm-hmm. theory, right? So that's the only way that any of these really exist. And it- so, I so the, I was going to counter that and just say um, there is another movie that provides what I would describe as a alternate explanation, but I I don't want to get too deep on it because I won't be able to, you know, defend it. What movie? Super though? hardcore. Uh, the movie Arrival. Um, which is mainly focuses on uh, linguistics and how to communicate with uh, how they figure out how to communicate with an alien species. Is, uh, by the way, another movie that Jeff hates. <laughs> that yeah, um, that has come to Earth seeking to solve our human differences within our civilization, 
um, in order so that, in order for us to survive long enough to help them in some far flung future that we're currently on track to never make it to. And they, they need our help in some future. And what we learn is uh, they view time non-linearly. So it's, it's not speaking to multiverse where there's multiple versions of each person. It's just t- like that us, that we as humans view things in a linear timeline and that it, that the concept of time travel breaks down if you do so, that you can't view th- like things in sequential order and have time travel make any sense. Now, I don't want to get too deep into it because I don't understand it much further than that, but I will say that it sounds like that might be a potential alternate explanation to there's an infinite number of Brian's, an infinite number of Tyler's, and you know, and so on. So um, I think that's something that we could consider for this, although you know, I will say that none of that excuses the fact that the director in this film just decided to create the film without any kind of uh, explainer. Or- By the way, I didn't do what I typically do um, and break down the who wrote and directed this movie. So um, this movie was released in 2012 directed and written by ryan johnson who you guys will know as the writer and director of uh, my fought my favorite star wars movie the last jedi uh, i say that with a heavy degree of sarcasm because i didn't like that movie um stars joseph gordon levitt bruce willis emily blunt paul dano piper parabo jeff daniels as discussed earlier um just kind of a lot of heavy hitters up top and then a lot of uh people who are nobodies now but um ryan johnson is a writer and director who is relatively um divisive i would say right like i really like looper i think even with all of the problems and paradoxes like if you don't think about it that much surface level wise this is a solid movie like directing is good acting is good storyline is fun to follow the way that everything unfolds is really strong every single character in it gets a solid like three act story arc like it's like it's even like the assassin that comes to the house to kill joe um and the kid like he has a full story arc it's just just in the like the 10 minutes that he's on screen i don't know if he gets a story arc, but he does get to show depth he's not just one note no he gets to show like an introduction he gets like a little bit of a backstory and like a a rise and then he gets a full death scene and a denouement like he gets a full story arc like what more could you ask for for such a small character point you know what i mean um yeah it's 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 genuinely impressive the way that i think that he was he was able to write this i would put this up with knives out and brick as his best work and i would put uh last jedi as the worst thing that anyone's ever made um just kidding but i really don't like that movie guys um i want to give my review here i think i just did actually i like this movie a lot i think like as far as like a sci-fi you know thing i really love the parts that you don't like which is that like very interesting world building where they just they don't tell you anything like the world is just sort of shittier and you have to just assume that like capitalism has wreaked havoc on you know on the world and you know i like the part where he's like oh i'm going to france and he's like i'm from the future go to china learn mandarin like you know what i mean he's basically like no no no, no. you really don't want to go to france dog trust me i don't want to tell you why because you might try to stop it and make things worse but you don't want to go there it's not going to be good um I uh yeah I just I just think that the way that this movie unfolds is is very good and yes I agree there's there's other things that don't make sense like there's one of the coolest death scenes in a sci-fi movie 
in the beginning of this movie where Paul Dano doesn't kill his future self um, to end his loop. And that guy, his, that version of him gets away and they capture Paul Dano um, through nefarious means and then start lopping off parts of his body, which means, and then we get to watch this person as he's like trying to stop them from doing that um, as like parts of his body are falling off. And I just think that that's very effective and very cool to watch. It's a very good scene. I don't know. I still don't understand how they would have filmed it. Um, but that, that creates a paradox in and of itself, because if, if they did that now, then the version of him that they sent back would have been missing those limbs. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't start missing those limbs later in the film. He would be missing those limbs when he arrived, which means he wouldn't have been able to get away. And if they killed him in the present, they would have had zero motivation to do so because the future him would never have been there. It's just, it's broken. (laughs) It's broken, but, but it looks cool. Present. And again, if you look at like, that's kind of the thing is in our concept of time travel, we think that that's how things would go is if, if we did it now, then they, then it wouldn't work. But maybe there, maybe in time travel, like if time travel could actually work conceivably, maybe it, first of all, we'd have to be breaking physics itself just to get us back in time. So if we're already breaking physics, then like who's to say that this isn't how it couldn't happen because we already actually broken like every law of physics to get someone back in time so general laws of time and linear the linearness of of time shouldn't have any bearing on you really so i don't know i don't think that these time travel paradoxes as much as we can think of them logically really have any bearing on like what i don't know i just i'm willing to accept it all right but there are a few that i'm not willing to accept and i want to talk about those now so so hold on i will say for the context of this film, your multiverse theory is wrong because the way what they do explain of the little that they do explain is that old Joe Bruce Willis is tied to new Joe Joseph Gordon Levitt. That the way that old in Joe, a way no permanently in the some way, way that old Joe exists is that he can only exist if the potential for him and his past to exist is possible. Once that potential is no longer there he will cease to exist. He will continue to align. So there is no multiverse in this world. There is one past and there are multiple potential futures. That is what they patently and factually lay out in this film. Yeah, but that doesn't negate the fact that once you break like the laws of physics that they you know may potentially have no bearing on you. You know what I mean? Or they may have a different bearing. Because like, right. you already exist outside of the like our realm, sure. basically. All, all you know we have I mean? to, to, to lay out for the content of the film is what they are willing to tell us, which for this film isn't much. But what they do tell us basically disproves the concept of a multiverse because you can't have multiple different realities if everything is tied into one consistent, solid, lineal past. So one of the paradoxes that you... Sorry, Brandon, did you have anything else to say on this? Cause I was going to say, I think you need to stop saying lineal there because I, you know, I don't think it's in a line. I, I, that's, I think the part that, uh, that I'm, that's the part that I'm trying to say too. Is I, don't, I, yeah. so I just don't think that in this world... It's not world, sequential. Things, it's not exactly. sequential. That's how, that's how two Joes are able to exist in one place. Yeah, that's which, how, which I don't think... The problem I'm having with that is it ma- helps it makes a little bit of sense. But I don't get the impression that that's what the director was trying to do, which is I why don't I think that he was trying to do anything. I think that's why he like, says that moment where he's like, look, he he's like, look, I'm not going to sit here all day and, and like try to talk to you about this because we're, we're just both going to end up with a headache. Like he's like, I'm not going to do it. We don't care. It doesn't matter. We need to just move on and just accept 
I'm here, you're here, and let's just go with it. And I think that that's him talking to the audience and being, because I think that Ryan Johnson loves to do that. Sure. Which, if you go back and listen to me talk about The Last Jedi, I explain it there too. But he likes to say things to the audience through his characters. And one of them in this one is, look, time travel doesn't make sense if you think about it. But I want it to be, I want it to make sense for the story. So let's just not even bring it up and cause confusion. Let's just accept that this is how it is right now, right? And I, I am open to suspending my disbelief for a fun time travel story. So, and I think that in this film noir version of time to. travel, yeah. it it works, and I like it. So, I'm, I'm willing to overlook the that part. The last thing I'll say here is, I'll admit that this movie is watchable. It is enjoyable. It is fun, but on the concept of how it explores time travel from what they tell you, I think it's shitty. And I don't understand why, if you're going to, why make a movie about time travel? If you're going to make a sh- movie about shitty time travel, right? Like All even right. down to the concept of how the time machine works, you don't jump back into a fixed point of time. This thing just has some kind of weird connection to exactly 30 years ago. So the way it works is if Bruce Willis is late for his teleportation appointment, he shows up late to where he's being teleported. That I mean, it's, I guess kind of an interesting concept, but it's a weird limitation to put on a thing that you're breaking the, the laws of physics. So I, I just kind of strange. I liked that part because I was like, Oh cool. It's some like weird rules. It's it's There's just like a weird rule, just like in Terminator where like organic matter is the only thing that can go back, but like clothes yeah. are made of cotton, which is ex- organic matter. So, so but I like, no matter that, what you show up naked and ripped and oiled up, you I'll, know I'll what leave I mean? It there, but, so <laughs> the topic that I chose to talk about, and we've touched on it now already is paradoxes, paradoxes in time travel on camera, either TV shows or films. So I know that we all have opinions on different paradoxes that we want to talk about. Um, Tyler, why don't you start us off? I mean, the big one that I I had a lot written down for, I've already really burned, which is the Terminator. <laughs> because watching it this this movie this time, I just was struck by how much it reminded me of the Terminator. I was just like, wow, this movie really is just like, it's just the term. It's it is the Terminator in just a different way. You know what I mean? Everything about it, like in the Terminator. He goes back and kills a bunch of women named Sarah Connor before he finds the real Sarah Connor, who is guided by Kyle Reese, which is in this movie. He knows that this kid was born on this specific day. And so he just goes around killing every kid born on that day before getting to the real kid, which is now guided by Joe, which is, you know, a version of him. So I do think Ryan Johnson watched The Terminator and was like, how can I rewrite this in a different way? And I, I found it very affecting. So I'm going to skip that one because I already kind of broke down my feelings on that paradox. Um, And what I do want to talk about uh, first is Back to the Future and the paradox of this is, again, grandfather paradox, in my opinion, because he goes back in time, changes the way that his parents meet, almost fucks his mom, and then is somehow still born. You know what I mean? Like, what are the odds that that specific sperm that became Marty McFly's was still and like that his parents had sex on the same day that he you know what I mean? That he was initially conceived and like that the sperm hit the egg, the same sperm hit the egg, no matter what. And then he gets back and he looks exactly the same has the same haircut. But everything else about his life has changed except for that he exists. Like, what are the odds of that? It doesn't make sense. It's crazy. (laughs) Unless unless Doc was like subtly hinting like, hey, yo, you guys you know you guys better get like slip some viagra into george mcfly's you know drink or something and <laughs> get him going yeah i mean uh, there's also the whole entire point with doc with him giving the information about the future and the implications of that of doc then having future information and what that means for doc's choice of actions and 
Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's that's that shoestrap theory again. Like that's the like the idea of like Marty goes back in time and creates a self-fulfilling prophecy by giving Doc the information that he will create the DeLorean with the flux capacitor in it. And so Doc then works the rest of his life to do that. But then the Doc in the future doesn't seem to like or like is somehow like able to tell like I don't know it's just it back to the future again is another time travel movie that as soon as you start thinking about it really starts to fall apart and especially when you start to think about the fact that doc was participating in terrorism <laughs> and he's like selling and buying plutonium from like <laughs> from terrorists <laughs> it's such a strange plot point to exist in this like kind of family friendly movie where a kid just goes back in time and tries to bang his mom but I mean, also, you know it's <laughs> like is, is the really the plot of this film that they have to have lightning strike at the exact moment that the delorean hits that broad because holy shit what in what what fortuitous timing yeah i mean don't get me wrong i do love back to the future but it's again time travel in any in any way and like again i read so many science fiction books that hinge on time travel and they and like every single one of them if you brought them up i could tell you the exact moment where that the whole theory falls apart and what paradox they're representing because it just it doesn't work and as much as i want right, time travel this. to be a thing it just it doesn't well work. hold on hold well, on let's hold try on, this then on. so we do have an entire season of time travel films so we're going to want to talk about we well, yeah cut this the next short. one is gonna be really hard to do we, we might guys but we might blow through like 30 time travel movies right here which we can talk about them after well, we bring it up but you're the one that wanted this topic okay, you should have had the foresight go back in time it. let me and let's change the topic can, can we just discuss um endgame marvel's endgame perfect sure. uh time travel because i don't yes. think we're gonna watch that one makes, individually makes perfect sense no um i pick a hole in it tell me what's what's the flaw in that one because i kind of like how they not only you know, try to disrupt the past as little as possible, but then they also have the solution of Cap going back and placing all the stones back into their timelines, like in the moment they took them, so that it, it's just undisturbed. So the reason that this one has less flaws is that it wholly accepts multiverse theory. So you can conceivably explain that their universe remains unchanged because they didn't go back into their universe. They pulled the stones from the multiverse. So once you input multiverse theory, you can pretty much like you can you can just wipe away any paradox because what you've caused is a paradox in another timeline and it's explainable. Do you is know that what, what happens? I don't remember them. I don't remember them saying that it was multiverse. What are you talking about? That's the whole conversation between the Hulk and the ancient one on top of the building yep. in Endgame is they, they explain multiverse theory. As yeah, soon as know, she, he takes a stone the from the time, says... he creates several branching timelines. That's multiverse. But I thought she was expressing concern with him doing that. And he said, well, what if I bring the stone back to this exact moment? It'll solve that problem. Except. So I thought it was saying that they didn't. Conceptually, sure. But neither of them are sure that that's what 100% what's going to happen. And then we learn in Loki that that's not how it happens. That the multiverse is constantly being there and they're having to prune the branches on their own. Okay. Right. So so then let's table that one because I don't want to. Well, hold on. Hold on. There is is a fun thing that. I got another one. I mean, I, I follow a couple of different. I'm, I'm big, big into Marvel, big into you know, the Marvel comics, and following. There's a, the fandom went wild with Endgame, with specifically <clears throat> the one ending of a character that did create its own multiversal event, which the TVA didn't necessarily care about. But 
Captain America is going back Captain, and living yeah. with Peggy Carter has massive implications because he's sitting Including there. the fact that he helped, he would have helped raise Sharon, <laughs> who he, he later makes out with. That he is. basically becomes a bad person because he suddenly has the information of every major terrorist event in the world. He's like, what day is it? Oh, it's September 10th, 2001. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting donuts? <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. That's horrible. Is that what it is? Oh, and then Haley Atwell's character, Peggy, has to look at her husband knowing that he knew September 11th was going to happen and <laughs> yeah. didn't do anything. Yeah. His, his best friend, Bucky, who he abandoned in the future, is straight up getting tortured and assassinating massive amounts of people in Russia at the same time that he's having sex with his wife. Like, there's some really bad implications there. And he's just like, no, no, we save him in the future. It's fine. It's fine. We fix him. That is funny. I actually didn't think about that, but yeah, that his his going back in time does fuck a lot of his character up. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think he could just put his head down, and and I think that there is a way to say, like that's the point that is- he was he realized he realized the greater evil was disturbing the natural course of events. Sure, and therefore he's a man out of time that needs to remain very low key and not try it, to impact. Those it does events. break everything about his character. Who is the I it's can't right stand at, by and let something bad right, happen. I have it's to. Right I, at think cost. I, I disagree, though, because he's also the kind of guy that's like, like knowing that the true right course of action is to, you know, be strong and resolute in those moments. And I think in this case, it applies to him not being a man out of time that impacts those events and how they play out. Because any one of those things, if he went in, he could be causing greater evil. Right. Then, then he realizes. So I think it would be on cap to sure. In the, that the moment. devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Yeah, exactly. To I will know say that it ended though, up okay is is the only thing that he needed to focus on. So I I, I don't know. I, I personally think that you know he could. It's it's a little funny to to kind of entertain the fact that he's like sitting there with Peggy, like nope, no idea, no don't know what's going on today, you know, like and you know not worried about Bucky, but like I think that well his he, existence in the past that is his character is to stay strong in those moments and to just keep his head down and realize that those events do you know they play out the way they were going to i think that his existence in the past creates a paradox in that did he just never leave the house you know what i mean steve rogers is like super famous (laughs) even back then like everybody knew who he was you know what i mean so just like he's just walking around he's like this super hot blonde buff dude and he's just like i'm definitely not steve rogers my name is david and peggy carter something else (laughs) Peggy, Peggy Carter helped found S.H.I.E.L.D. There's not a single seat, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that ever once walked into her house Exactly. Went, uh... Hold on. Hold she on. didn't we have anybody over for dinner, ever. We see him multiple times flex his abilities as a master of disguise. He puts on a baseball cap and puts <laughs> and his head some down glasses, slightly. kisses Scarlet puts, Witch, puts and his nobody head down knows slightly, And no one has any idea who it is, so I think that he just did that for 50 years. Right. There's also the implication of Thanos from 2012 teleporting into the future and getting killed. Again, multiverse theory. <laughs> Just saying, like that. No, that's that. That universe is wildly peaceful. <laughs> like <laughs> whatever. Like you want to talk about nice. Yeah. It's kind of hard to put that army back together again. You can put that stone back where it goes, but all the people that Thanos is supposed to murder. Oh yeah. Well, in that version of the world, also uh, the Battle of New York probably never happens because it would have been before he had any of the the stones. So it would have been pre Loki attacking New York, which means the Avengers never actually exist as well. Which means no Ultron also. Yeah, it's, Wait, it's, isn't there a stone inside Loki's scepter? Yeah. Yeah. He, that, so Thanos was just letting him use that one? He gave it to yeah. him. Yeah. 
It's a bit doesn't make sense either. But that's a whole that other seems, problem. I never really thought about that. Why would he let anyone have that Infinity Stone other than himself? That's the plot hole in that. It, once you start to talk talk about, I mean, dude, the Marvel movies are full of plot holes. Are you kidding me? We could okay, do a whole right. movie, a whole then episode about up that. Here. Let me hit you with a different one that has not a focus on time travel, but just a time travel element. Um, Interstellar, when Matthew McConaughey reaches back through time to communicate with his daughter to get humans off the Earth. Yeah. So what he does is he steps out. So he's like in the TVA, like realm, right? He steps outside outside of of space time, right? So he's actually has broken physics in a separate way in that he no longer exists in a physical realm. He's outside of space time, so nothing has any bearing on him. Yeah. In In that planet, he went the plaid. Yeah, Yeah. he went the plaid and uh, ended up in that little plaid tube and yeah, and uh, communicated with his daughter. So yeah, so he's in a tesseract. He exists outside of space time. So again, this is a theoretical physical, uh, a theoretical physics explanation for time travel a, that like a black a, hole could dim, have. It's a dimensional question of stepping exactly. outside of ours. Are you able to exist outside of the physical realm? Yeah. Of, of like, what do we understand of those three dimensions, right? I don't, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that movie. <laughs> I get really upset about that because I don't think that... They did a very good job of explaining it. And even I, who has like a great interest in this kind of stuff, have a, a difficult time wrapping my head around the implications of this. The, uh, the, I don't know. The storytelling I disagree, device. man. I think once you understand that concept that literally it was a human construct that they, they have basically made accessible to him in that current time. Like, like I, I disagree. I just think it, it, it involves us understanding I, the concept of dimensions in a way that we can't currently perceive but I, we will in a future when we advance far enough the only way that i can like interstellar i like the first three quarters of interstellar the last part which is what we're talking about here i dislike but the only way that i've been able to wrap my head around it is that matthew mcconaughey gets it wrong when he describes that the reason why he has access to these specific moments in the past is because of love I think that it makes more sense when you say that the aliens or the, the future humans that are facilitating this have selected the exact moments that Matthew McConaughey needs to influence to create their potential future. And they said, yeah, yeah you need access to your daughter's bedroom. You need access to this. You need access to this. You'll figure it out. But these are the you one. Do po- the weird hand high sure. five hug. Thing You'll figure it out how you need to do on the boat. But, but these <laughs> are the specific shit. points in time that you get to access. Whereas Matthew McConaughey shows up and he's like, love transcends time. And I'm like, that's fucking stupid. That's fucking stupid, bro. Sorry, but no. I do like that the robot Christopher Nolan tried to explain to us how love transcends time. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know if you've ever felt love, actually. (laughs) Hold on. Why? Why is that such an issue? Like, I I don't know. I just, I don't think that... I just don't. I don't. I don't like it. I think it's stupid. <laughs> I don't want to get into a metaphysical conversation about love, but that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean it's a hole. No, That's it's not point. a hole. I just think it's dumb. Yeah, I just don't like. I don't. Honestly, I should give that movie another shot. I've only ever seen it that first. Oh no, I think I did rewatch it when it first came out on DVD or whatever, and um, didn't like it that time either. I don't even know if I finished it, but um, I should give it another shot. Maybe on the way up to Oppenheimer releasing next year, we can do a Christopher Nolan season and just pick his best movies yeah. and figure worth out which one's the they best. Also, yeah, worth noting they also do uh, just um, cover a version of time travel that does exist, which is um, basically, Gravity. I don't want to say this, 
moving forward through time based on where you're relativity. at. Relativity. To, to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, relativity. Which yeah. does and exist. So they, they go into a planet that has, what? Theoretically. Years? No, we don't know that, but theoretically. There, there are scientifically, there are astronauts that have spent enough time in the International Space yeah. Station that they are several se- or like point seconds in the future. Correct. That is scientifically true. That already exists. People are yeah. technically having had time traveled. So that's what you just said doesn't, there's no, nothing can be scientifically true. It can be scientifically proven, but it's not, there's no like solid truth. Anyway, well, I'm not going to get into that either, but it's just been proven enough time. Anyway, whatever. So what just I'm look it up is, on your own. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is, and the consensus to wrap that point up is Interstellar is the only time travel uh, movie that has just gone foolproof. Just it's just watertight. Um, Slow. Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll agree to you so that I can move on to a, my point, which is a movie that um, does not make any sense once you start to think about it, and that is uh, Harry Potter and well, what is which one is it? Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> a Prisoner of Azkaban. So, yeah, my favorite one, but also completely completely I, falls apart. <laughs> I thought about this film because in this film there are events that happen throughout it that you then later learn are themselves interacting with it, which means they do actually live in a closed loop. So where where is the paradox there? Because like the stone being thrown against the wall is them going back in time and throwing the stone against the wall, right? But so that like means that, that someone would have had to do it to you know what I mean? Like it's again shoestrap. If someone they had to have already been back in time to do it before they went back in time and knew to do it. Do you know what I mean? So it would have had to happen before they knew it needed to happen. Sure. So, so, so when you, again, so when you that's break the physics, paradox. You can't do it. When you break physics. Oh, so now you're willing to accept the break physics and it not having any bearing on your physics. When you break self. physics and you create a closed oh, loop, the loop is actually it, closed. <laughs> when, you create a, when you break physics and, cl- and create a loop, the loop is actually closed as in Harry Potter. They have a 24-hour period or t- something that they then the close part the loop of it and continue that- on. The part of it that I hate is that we have a time travel device that could have prevented the Battle of Hogwarts in which most of Harry Potter's friends died. Yeah, let's just let's just give it to Hermione so she can burn herself out on her studies. Let's not yeah, save it. That's, let's not save Harry that's the part I want to talk about is that, that we Snape. have a literally God level <laughs> power that we refuse to use unless someone wants to do extra homework. Yeah, you're telling me that Snape, the second that he finds out that Lily Potter is dead, doesn't go on a crusade to capture one of these time turners and stop it from happening. Instead, he decides to just carry on her memory through a stack. Why aren't the Aurors using this to go back in time and see how crimes are committed and prevent and stopping them? In yeah, like I mean, a, why aren't why isn't that just the concept of like constantly going back in time and having like time traveling fights? That would be fun shit for Harry Potter. Yeah, break that universe style. wide the fuck open. <laughs> maybe, <Yeah. laughs> maybe they should uh, have a different movie without all the like any without any recognizable characters where they show why they don't allow that. You know, because they, you know, were, were abusing it and it wasn't controllable. I would take that over whatever problems. the fuck they're making now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about Fantastic Beasts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. I would go back in time with the Time Turner and and not do those movies. That's what I would do if I were them. I like the first um, one. Dang it. <laughs> um, cool. Does anyone else have any other time travel movies that they want to light up? <laughs> Once again, I want it recognized that Interstellar passed the test. So I just I'm feeling pretty good right now. I don't know that it passed the test. It's just too hard to explain why it, it, it's done. <laughs> That's what it is. Let's talk about let's talk about time traveler's wife. 
I've never seen this movie, this nor have I seen the show. So. Time Travel's Wife is about a guy who's born with a broken ability to time travel. So he only exists in each space at a time, mm. but he is constantly teleporting back and forth through time. He just is constantly just time traveling. So he'll just teleport. He'll have lived throughout the multiple years simultaneously, but he'll live through part of the year as a 50-year-old and part of the year as a 30-year-old. So he's like constantly so teleporting. If I remember correctly... In this one, you would picture a linear timeline, and he's just kind of randomly appearing along Corrected. that line. Correct. At various different ages, and at some point, interacts with so different I mean, versions so of himself. He right? is legitimately, yeah, traveling non chronologically. Right. And he is affecting and people's also lives. Also, not with any sort of rhyme or reason or purpose but, to right. it. But, but he's no doing intent. It, it just life, happens. Though. Like, he doesn't teleport. Say, he doesn't show up in, at 50. He is traveling as a 30 year old across different points in time. But he's, sure. he's he's traveling across a a chronological timeline, Correct. non chronologically. He's right. like bouncing back and forth along it randomly, but that time is slowly marching on. Right, right. And and he he chooses, he vows to live his life with as little agency as possible, so that he doesn't have any effect on the greater timeline. He just knows that and he's just this weird person. He gets married. Yes, he chooses a wife. <laughs> Which, which yeah, we all know girl, has no bearing on reality. Which is a, <laughs> yeah, which is a young girl that he then later grooms. Yeah, he meets her. Yeah. He meets her for the In first time as a child. Earlier. Yeah, there's a little weird, yeah. a little weirdness there. <laughs> I, I can't. I like it. Way. Yeah, no. I let's let. I'm gonna give that one the stamp of approval. Obviously, I support <laughs> those actions. Um, have you guys seen About Time? Sure. With uh, Donald, Lo- not Donald Logue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don- Donald. The men in that family have the ability to travel or whatever. Yeah, and Bill Nye, he's in it. So yeah. I, there's, you can pick a lot of holes in this one, but I do like that it's so low stakes in the time travel. Like he goes back so that he can like meet this girl he loves because he keeps messing up with her, and then like once he has her, he just doesn't mess with their relationship any further, you know. But he does go back in time and like change something, and then he goes back, and then his daughter no longer exists. His dad dies, and he goes, "Fuck, I gotta go talk to my dad." So he teleports back to go see his dad one more time. And when he gets back to the future, or no, no, it's his his sister got in a car accident, and so she goes back and prevents his sister from meeting her boyfriend. That's what happens. And then either way, when he goes back to the present, his his daughter has been replaced by a son. Either way, the way that they do the low stakes nature of the time travel and explain it, I actually think is really solid. Um, I'm sure if I went back and like rewatched it, I could pick a hole. I could pick a lot of holes in it. But I do like that for the most part, he just uses it to go back in time. Super petty. Dead dad. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, it's cute. And like, I don't know. I actually really like that movie. it It was also our, like, at least my personal introduction to Margot Robbie. Oh, yeah. She is in that movie. Yeah. yeah, they have like a whole tennis situation going on. That's right. Um, yeah, that probably is my introduction to her as well. But I think I actually, no, I saw that movie after I saw Wolf of Wall Street. So mm-hmm. I, I think All right. so. Anyway. Are anyway. We gonna, do we have any more thoughts on that one? Because I have another one to throw out. Last one. Yeah, throw, out, throw it out and let's move on. All right. This is another one I think is just going to pass the test pretty infallibly. Uh, hot Tub right. Time Machine. Lugal? Right, what's clever, guys? What have you guys been watching, reading, listening to? <laughs> Lugal? Yeah, he, he goes back and applies Tyler's Amazon theory to yeah. just stealing a business idea and getting a job. Yeah. But he shows up at the same time at the end of that timeline, like not much older. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, what the fuck is that? You look the same over about a 25 year period where you don't age too much, so I'm cool with it. You know what I do like? And he's rich, so it helps. <laughs> Um, Tom Brady looks younger than when he started his career. So, 
you know what I do like about that is um, knowing in the future that someone's missing an arm and going back to the past where he has two arms it's and just knowing to eventually it's going to happen. Oh, oh, oh. Is this how it happens? Just Fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah. Fuck Dude. it. Dude, so Bring it on. <laughs> Fuck it. When he's like juggling yeah. the chainsaws and he's like, oh, oh come on. The first oh, one of slips. those is... Uh, very funny, and the second one is less funny. But the second one has the part where they go, "Nerd, you're a fucking nerd," and they just create a song out of that. They're and no one likes you. I love that part of that movie. <laughs> I think about that a lot. Um, mostly when Jeff's talking, actually. But um, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, cool. Anyone else have any other ones that they want to point out? Uh, no. Nope. Cool. No, I think, Let's move on. I think the rest are candidates for watching. So, What uh, is clever? What have we been watching, reading, and listening to? Um, I'm actually going to go first this week. I watched uh, a Hulu, the first two episodes of a Hulu series that have come out called Mike, which is uh, about Mike Tyson's career. Um, and kind of like it's like a biopic about the formation of the, the man who became Mike Tyson. And... Uh, I I like it. It's it, I wouldn't say it's like a 10 out of 10 or anything like that, but I'll probably watch the whole series. I think it's probably going to be a limited series. Just get like one season out and tell the whole story. But I uh, so far, I, I think it's really good. So that's that's where I'm at with that. And that's pretty much the only thing I was able to watch this week. So who's next? Brian? Um, sure. A uh, little bit of a interesting uh, week for me content wise um watched a couple documentaries including uh several untold documentaries that are on netflix that kind of have a whole series going of, did you watch the manti teo one manti teo one is is great i just watched that um and then watched the uh the i don't know if it's like the caitlin jenner one bruce jenner one whatever it is it focuses on the bruce jenner uh montreal olympics in 76 uh but Caitlin is is being interviewed, obviously, here in modern day. Uh, the reason for my confusion is Caitlin says, you know, that she differentiates, she, they, I'm not sure, uh, differentiates uh, between Caitlin now and modern day. And like, basically, Caitlin sees Bruce as the one who have, had achieved that gold medal and doesn't take that away from Bruce. So uh, fascinating, huh. fascinating to as hear. As if she views Bruce as a as a entirely, a wholly separate yep. person. A character, which is fascinating, and honestly, it became a focus of that documentary. Is Caitlin was saying that due to the time that she uh, grew up in, people were not understanding, uh, and Caitlin created a persona to survive, essentially, or live, and, and that was Bruce. But Bruce was always the character, and that Caitlin was the real self that has since been revealed to the world. But basically the interesting part of it was Caitlin attributes the internal struggle as Caitlin's motivation for winning those Olympics. Essentially it was uh, her way of trying to find uh, acknowledgement, uh, you know, belonging, acceptance, um, in a world where Caitlin felt very different. And so like the big question that kind of comes up from that documentary is would Bruce Jenner have won 
that gold medal without, um, you know, that internal struggle that we have since come to understand more fully. Uh, I thought that was really fascinating because you watch the Olympics through that, that lens. Um, and it's just really kind of puts it in perspective in a different way. Um, so yeah, that's a good one. The Manti Teo documentary, man, I almost had tears in my eyes at the end of that one. I don't know if either of you have seen that. Uh, Manti Teo was a, a linebacker for Notre Dame university who was incredible, was a defensive uh, Heisman finalist, which is extremely rare. Typically it goes to a quarterback or a running back. Um, in this day and age, but as a linebacker, Manti was up for the finalist uh, as a finalist for that award uh, in uh, gosh 2012, I want to say. Uh, weird story broke out around that time that uh, Manti Teo's. Well, first throughout the season, there was a story that kind of developed that Manti Teo's grandmother and girlfriend both died on the same day, tragically. And then right around the time of the Heisman ceremony, which is the award given out to the best college football player uh, on a yearly basis. Uh, it was revealed that Manti Teo's girlfriend never existed at all and that he had been catfished. And this was, just to put it in perspective, at a time in 2012 where catfishing was just becoming known. Oh, uh, this, this is like so, how most people found out about it. Yeah, this was like the first major victim of catfishing. Like the, It was not well known at the time. Um, it became a very bizarre story and, and me watching you know, sports very closely, it was just confusing. And it was like the big question that was around at the time was, did Manti somehow, um, you know, was he complicit in this in any way to like Curry uh, Heisman sympathy or something? And, you know, it was just people were finding unfortunate ways to try to reconcile the story when the truth is Manti was the victim. And it was just a very fascinating documentary about how all that occurred. And, and Manti is a very uh, honest, um, you know, individual and very forthcoming about yeah. yeah, it just he's a very impressive individual even today. And when you hear that story um, back, it's just crazy to hear how much of a true victim he was and how you can really see that situation unfold and how you're like, oh, wow, I could totally see how that would happen um, to anybody because, you know, it just at that time, there wasn't a whole lot of knowledge about that kind of stuff. And I will say, uh, for those who haven't watched it, go watch the documentary Catfish, which introduces the term catfishing because, again – as much as you're like, ha that person got catfished. If you go and watch these, these stories, um, they go hand in hand. It like, you're like, Oh, I believe that this kind of thing 100%. could have happened back then. Because back then that, that you just, you didn't know who the hell you were talking to. You just meet people in you know, other parts of the oh. world and talk to them. And-, and he made, he made all kinds of efforts to verify that she was real. Um, it fascinating. I mean, he literally, even at one point was like, you know, all these fake pictures were up. He was like, cool. Uh, if I'm going to believe you going forward, I'm going to need to get a picture from you that has your initials, today's date, and you throwing up this very specific Hawaiian hand sign. And within like an hour, the catfisher managed to get that photo from the girl who uh, he was actually stealing the photos from to catfish. And I was like, what the hell? Like, how did he get that photo? And like, it's all explained in the documentary. It is just mind blowing. It's like the lengths that were gone to in order to keep this ruse going and uh, just chilling and, and, you know, just really feel for Manti because he comes off as a, a very, uh, you know, uh, candid and, and, um, you know, unfortunate victim. I think the society. part of it at the time that, that caused such an uproar was that it was not only a confusing situation, but he was also kind of trying to cover it up because I'm sure he was embarrassed. And so it allowed for people to just like run wild. He wasn't in control of the narrative anymore. And so everybody's theories were just all over the place and were able to just kind of do things. And he was just kind of like 
Look, this is a very embarrassing thing that happened to me, and I don't really want to talk about it on what, a public yeah, What space. do I say here? Like, I, yeah. I got duped? And like again, he was like, really young. You know, he's like 19, 20, yeah. something like that when yeah. that happened. Well, like, and on the same time, I wouldn't time, want that also, to be on like this public, like he's already a public figure. You know what I mean? He's well, like, in, in the most crucial part of his career, which is right before the NFL draft, where he's, you know, like a bad narrative can cost him millions of dollars. So it's like, what do you do? Just, you know, rule of thumb, just shut the hell up. You know what I mean? Like, don't say anything to make it worse. And yeah. like that ended up backfiring. It was, it was just a crazy story, crazy yeah. documentary. Even if you're not a football fan, f- intriguing because it does it's not really about the football. It's, it's more about this, you know, just you very know, human just that on, happened yeah. on a national scale. Anyway, um, that's, that's the two big ones. Looking forward to house of the dragon tonight. Um, assuming the next episode's out. Um, and then we have rings of power in the next few days. So just kind of, uh, exciting. You're right. Looking forward to, uh, to a lot of fantasy, fantasy stuff being in both, uh, middle earth and, uh, Westeros at the same time. It's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. Now I just need shadow and bone season two to come out guys. So right. Am I right? With me, with me specifically, uh, obviously keeping up with, uh, the, my hero manga. I've been watching dragon ball super with my roommate. Um, I watched two films this week. I watched Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife, which was unfortunate. It wasn't very good. Uh, it's probably the uh, worst case of like a studio-led sequel that I've ever seen, where they just pumped out some weak script and the actors all just signed on for a large amount of money and they just threw some shit together, threw in some new ca- actors, some new cameos and forced it through. Um, bad writing, bad character development. It was just... Um, I don't know. A poor, poor. Well, they did just announce uh, another Ryan Reynolds sequel coming down the pike. Did you guys hear about this? R.I.P.D. Two. Mm. <laughs> why? Why? Who wants that? Does anyone want that? I don't know why they're doing that. Um, sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. It's it's fine. So the other movie I watched uh, while I was preparing for D and D this week was uh, This Is the End. I just threw that on because Amazon suggested it. And there's a couple scenes that caught me off guard that I'd completely forgotten. Uh, there's a moment in there where, you know, they're kicking Danny McBride out, which I'd remembered, but James Franco gives him the gun. <laughs> Danny McBride turns around and just shoots them all, <laughs> tries to instantly fucking murder them. And it's revealed <laughs> that they have blanks in the weapon. And he's like, you were going to send me out there with blanks? <laughs> like, you don't you fuck? You just tried to fucking murder us. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare you be mad at us? Uh, it's so fucking good. I, I was cracking up. Uh, totally forgot um, about that scene. And it totally caught me, off, caught me off guard. I was not expecting it. So That movie is hella underrated. Not enough people talk about how funny that movie is. It's it, so funny. I, I so. every single bit, like, like the part where, um, I can't think of the guy's name right now, but he, he's a very famous character, comedy character actor. He's the bald guy with the glasses who like sticks his head in through like the hole in the door. And he's like, please let me in. There's a monster out here. And they're like, you're, you're a raper. You're going to try to titty fuck us. And he's like, oh, he's like, you want me to titty fuck you? I'll titty fuck you. So I'll good. You'll love, love it. it. You'll love it. Yeah. He's like, I was taking a vote. I vote you let me the fuck in. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Like everybody gets a funny bit. Um, specifically, uh, drinking your own piss is, is a good one. Like, yeah. Just so many funny jokes in that movie. Uh, just, Michael that, Sarah just hit with, after with, hit after hit. 
but Michael Sarah went very hard for this. For this, for, he just yes. walks right up to his friends. He goes, "Hey, did this smell funny?" And then just <laughs> explodes cocaine in their face. Dude, I've never done cocaine before. Well, dude, you did the best shit for your very first time. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And then he tries to kiss him. That that movie is wild. Yeah. Um, apparently, Amazing. I actually like Instagram or the 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 algorithm caught me and knew that I was watching it. So it started like showing me bits of interviews, excerpts from interviews around that film. And apparently Seth Rogen pitched it and they were like, fine, but like, we hate the idea of you guys just playing yourselves. He's like, totally understood. So he wrote like different character names, but then when it came to filming, the studio like took their hands off the wheel and he changed the script and made them, <laughs> let them all play themselves. He's like, yeah, fuck I mean, that. it's super low budget. It's just like six of them in a house together. For most of it. Telling yeah. dick jokes, basically. <laughs> uh, what else you got? That's it. I just watched those two movies. Um, yeah, looking forward to. Uh, I don't know if I can say how. Looking forward to. I'm excited to see. Hopefully, some 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 good content out of House of Dragons. Some good character development. Something on par with the first couple. Do we quickly want to talk about this first episode? Because I haven't gotten to talk to you guys about it, and I kind of do <laughs> want to just quickly do go read down. And yeah, I got. got uh, do. I got a little bit of battery life on my laptop, so. Well, okay, let's just do a quick, quick. It's gotta be five minutes or less. Um, we're doing like a first take on that first episode yeah just yep, that first episode review. just tell me like just did you like it that's all i want to know yes jeff i did okay i thought it was fine i'm i'm okay with it but i was kind of it didn't feel like there was enough happening if i'm someone honest. i i just had a moment of cringe when he was like oh there's a prophecy of a song of ice and fire and i was like don't you fucking dare yeah, don't you dare try to lie to me i didn't like that either the opening was scene the song was of like ice and fire aria because she's the one that stops the ice she's <laughs> bitch. The, the opening scene was like 172 years before daenerys and they like bolded that and i was like Cool. Oh yeah, then they erase everything Don't else, and me. it just says before Daenerys. Yeah. Can we get any like, further okay. away from that? <laughs> so I, I, when he said the Song of Ice and Fire thing, I literally was like, "Yeah, get I that really shit away from me." Someone, I didn't like that either. <laughs> someone asked me, someone who wasn't planning on watching it was like, "I was like, how, what do you think?" I was like, "Well, it's more Game of Thrones," and he was like, "Well, Game of Thrones season one through six or Game of Thrones seven? And I was like, "Look, like the only real difference between Game of Thrones seasons one through six and Game of Thrones, yeah, what I consider it season seasons seven, it's it's one through seven, sorry, and eight. Okay, uh, I consider it one through six, and then seven and eight because I didn't like season seven either. But um, it's what I what I do is uh, I guess I just completely blank season eight from my mind. But yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> what <laughs> what I say is there's I no I real difference do- in the way that those shows were made. <laughs> How do you learn this power? <laughs> 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 Uh, so for me like the only real difference between seasons and I don't want to talk about all of it but I'm just saying like for me they were still made the same they were still the same actors delivering the same performances with the same budget with the same cinematography with the same all of it was the same it was just the writing was different and they just threw away all that character development so like it's the same show it's still Game of Thrones where regardless of what season you're fucking talking about it's cinematography it's acting it's new people what they fucked up on in season 7 and 8 was the the, the character arcs the story and the story and the character arcs haven't happened yet. We've just seen, you know, one hour of content for six different characters. So, so the thing I like about Game of Th- the original series of Game of Thrones is how many different characters from how many different houses we get, like, to be a part of their lives, right? And in this, we got like all like four different Targaryens, Pure King's Landing, <laughs> and then the High Towers, and that's it. And I just was sort of like, I don't. There's not enough like variation here, and it's all set in King's Landing, which I don't like. So, yeah. At any rate. 
we'll see what happens. It looks like they're going to start splitting things up. And um, I'm interested to see what characters we get introduced to and how they expand on it. And that's what I want to see. So that's that. Um, our movie for next week is a indie film, uh, self-produced indie film by Shane Carruth called Primer from the year 2004. It is available uh, for rent on Apple TV, YouTube, Google Play, Amazon, um, all of those different places. Um, I This is a movie that's been on my radar for a long time that I've never watched, uh, but they say has a very simple explanation for time travel that makes sense. So I'm interested to see it. Um, and yeah, so join us next week. Watch it and be prepared. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to the Clever Kids Podcast. If you want more from us, be sure to follow us on social media. We're at Clever Kids Pod everywhere. Or you can get in touch with us at cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And be sure to rate us on whatever app you're listening on and recommend us to a friend. We really appreciate it. Or don't. Whatever's clever.